This message was preached as pulpit supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Alright, if you turn your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 11, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, we'll be looking at the first part of uh, this chapter. Um, the first song we sang began, Are you weary? Are you heavy hearted? Tell it to Jesus. And we talked a little bit in Sunday school. We talked about um, feeling like, are our efforts worth it? Sometimes we just feel like giving up because we just don't see the fruit that we think there should be. And we remember the story that uh, Tom just read, the, the short parable. Um, you've got that the kingdom of God is like these things. It's, it's like... A man who goes out and sows a seed, and he goes, goes to bed, and he wakes up, and there's a harvest. Uh, of course, that's kind of telescoped into a, a short um, period of time, but we know what it's like. You, you go out, and, and you don't know if your seed's going to grow, or if some storm is going to come and wipe out your crop, but you go out and you plant, and the mustard seed that Jesus talks about. It's the smallest of any seed, he says, yet it grows into a great tree. Um, our efforts sometimes seem so small and insignificant, and we can wonder, is it really any good? Is it really going to produce any fruit? The preacher here this morning in Ecclesiastes tells us, do it. It's worth it. Keep working. Invest yourself. Even though it doesn't seem like, even though you don't know the certainty of whether or not it will produce, do it. Invest. So let's look at our text. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven or even eight, for you do not know what disaster may happen on earth. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. If a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where, it fall, where the tree falls, there it will lie. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the way the spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed, and in evening withhold not your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we pray that you would encourage us this morning when we feel weary and heavy-hearted. We pray, Lord, that you would help us see the value in our labor. Father, we pray that you would help us not to lose heart. Though the things that we do may seem small and insignificant, Lord, if we do not give up, if we don't grow weary in doing good, we will reap a harvest of blessing. 
Father, we pray that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see this morning. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. He begins with, cast your bread on the water, for you will find it after many days. Now, as we look at this, it kind of on the face seems absurd, doesn't it? We're taking our bread, we're going to tear it up into pieces and throw it on the water and then expect after many days to come back and we're going to find it. No, that, that, that just doesn't seem like how it works, does it? We, we expect that whenever we throw our bread on the water, it's going to sink, it's going to dissolve, into, and we'll never be able to find it. But here the text says, cast your bread upon the water, for you will find it after many days. He's saying, do something that seems like you're not going to get any fruit out of it. But do it. And when you invest in that way, there will be fruit. How are we to understand this? <laughs> now, there, there's a couple of ways that uh, I've seen in the commentaries how to understand this casting your bread upon the water. How, how is it that there can be fruit from just throwing bread on the water? Um, some take this to be in the terms of trade. Uh, you, you're making your bread, you're making your goods, and you want to trade. And so you're going to put it on ships to go send it somewhere else to be able to trade in that way. And when you invest, there'll be a fruit for your investment. That's one way of understanding it. Another way that some have understood it, understood it this is something that kind of uh, goes back to the medieval ages, but some have understood it as um, giving to the poor. You cast your bread upon the water, and, and it seems like when you're, when you're giving to the poor, you're not going to be able to receive anything for that. But um, if this is what this may be talking about, then, then it, when you're giving to the poor, seeming like you're not going to receive anything in return, there will be fruit for that. There will be fruit for that. Um, one way that I thought was very interesting, and I, I kind of lean towards this, um, this comes from something that I read, kind of going along with what I already know. But the word for bread there has a, large, a larger range of meaning than just bread. Um, and, and we use bread in more than one way, too. We can talk about bread that we eat, or we can say, how much bread are you going to get for that? You know, <laughs> but I, I don't know. Uh, I don't use the term very often. It may be something that's a little bit antiquated. But um, we know whenever I said that, we're talking about money, right? We're talking about you know, or we might say go <laughs> in terms of money. When, you, when it says here, cast your bread upon the water, there's a, in Hebrew there is a, a, a bigger range of meaning as well for the word bread. It doesn't mean money, but it can mean grain, and it can just mean food in general. Uh, so if we take it as grain then maybe you can imagine in Egypt as the Nile River would come up uh, and the water was beginning to recede, you might cast your grain, possibly the same word, uh, upon the water and as the water recedes, it would deposit that seed into the dirt and it would grow in that 
in that fertile um, soil that, that, the, that the, uh, de- the, po- the, the um, silt deposits had, had gone in, and it will grow and produce a harvest. I'm not sure which one of those to take it, but I think the point that he's getting across is do something that seems like there may not be any hope of any return on this investment. And he says, you will find it after many days. The next thing he says is, give a portion to seven or to eight, for you know not what disaster may happen on earth. If it is talking about this kind of investing, uh, then this give a portion to seven or eight may mean diversify your investments, okay? Don't just put all your eggs in one basket. Give a portion to seven or eight. Um, He's saying invest in this ministry or that ministry or that ministry. You don't know what kind of disaster may take place. And if we're thinking of the seed time and harvest, we might diversify our crops. We'll plant some in this field and some in this field. Maybe you'll plant some in the bottoms and maybe you'll plant some up in in, um, some some more uh, dry land. And the floods may come in like they have this year and destroy some of the crops. You don't know what's going to happen. There's a kind of a risk when you plant in places like that. But there's also the possibility of a great harvest because a lot of times those bottom lands, if you don't get too much flooding, can be very fruitful. So he tells us, diversify. Give a portion to seven or eight. You don't know what kind of disaster may happen. Don't put all eggs, all your eggs in one basket. And he tells us about these laws of nature. He says, if the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. If a, if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. That first part is, is not so hard to understand. We, you know, we, we, we can look at the clouds and we can say, yeah, it looks like rain. And that looking at the clouds and saying, it looks like rain, might tell us whether or not we want to go and plant. Whether or not we want to go and invest. And the tree falling in, towards the north or the south, that, that, that's a, a little bit more puzzling. That's hard to, to understand. It, it seems like it's just saying, well, wherever it falls, it falls. <laughs> Doesn't it? I... I, I that's probably the most difficult part to, to, for me here in this passage to come up with. What does that mean? <laughs> it's certain when you cut down that tree, it's going to fall one way. <laughs> it's going to fall one way and it's going to land. <laughs> I don't want to dwell too much there. I'm, I, I have to say, I'm just going to admit ignorance on that part. Um, the verse, verse 4. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. There may be a sense in which we look at the clouds and we look at the wind and it scares us to where we say, I, I don't want to go and invest. I, I'm afraid of, like Peter, whenever he was out walking on the water and he saw the wind and the waves, what? When he got his eyes on the wind and the waves instead of his eyes on Jesus, he began to sink. 
And when we observe the clouds and when we observe the rain coming, it may mean we don't want to get out there and do the work of sowing or reaping. And I think the preacher here challenges us not to be scared by those things, but to go and do the work. Verse 5. As you do not know the way the Spirit comes to the bones in the woman, in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. There's something that's been repeated here at least three times already, and it'll be repeated one more time. You do not know. You do not know. In verse 2, it says, For you do not know what disaster may happen on earth. Here, he tells us, We do not know the way that the, that the uh, Spirit comes to the bones of, uh, in the womb of a woman with child. Or, we do not know the way that God makes everything. Later, we see, We do not know which will prosper, this or that. There's only six verses, and we hear this four times. We do not know. Sometimes our uncertainty, our insecurity about making an investment might keep us from doing that. Here the preacher says, don't let yourself be paralyzed by your uncertainty. Don't let the uncertainty of your investment keep you from doing anything at all. You don't know what God might do. You don't know how God uh, causes things to happen. You don't know what's going to prosper and what's not. And we might think about the parable of the talents. The parable of the talents. God, a, a, a master gave to three servants different numbers of talent, di- different, co- different amounts of money. The, the talent was a, 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 um, a, a, a unit of money. He gave ten talents to one servant. He gave five talents to another servant. He gave one talent to another servant. The one with ten talents, he invested it. And it, and it produced a hundred talents. And the one with five talents, produced, uh, he invested it again. And he, it produced fifty talents. And the one with one talent, he was afraid. He didn't do anything with it. He just buried it. And so when the master came, he saw the one with ten talents that had produced so much more, and he commended that servant, said, you did a good job. You've been faithful with much, you'll be given more. He comes to the one with five talents. He says, good job. You've invested this, and you've been faithful. You, You get more. The one that had one talent and just stuck it in the ground, buried it, and didn't do anything with it, said, I was afraid because you're a hard man. I knew you you gather where you didn't sow. The master found that one man who still had the one talent was wicked. He didn't do what he should have done with that one talent. Instead, he was paralyzed by the fear of the master. In our Our uncertainty can sometimes do that to us. If we don't know what's going to happen, it might keep us from the labors that we should be about. 
Verse 5 here, we're still on that. As you do not know the way the Spirit comes to the bones in the womb, in the womb of a woman with child. You know, we, we have come so far in medical technology. Back in, in, uh, Jesus, or in the days of the preacher, they didn't know very much about what goes on inside the womb as, as the, as the uh, child is developing. But we have, we've gone so far, we, we now have 3D imagery that we can, we can see. And, and, you know, our first baby pictures, the ones up on the refrigerator, are actually before the child is born. We can see so much and we know so much now, but there's still mystery. There's still mystery. We don't know, as the text tells us here, how the Spirit comes. We can describe the biology behind it, but it's still a mystery when the Spirit comes. And then he's comparing this. He says, as you don't know how the Spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you don't know the work of God who makes everything. We don't know. It's uncertain. And, and God is the one who prospers those things. When we plant, when we sow seeds, God is the one who provides the increase. And when we do our labor as a church, when we do evangelism, when we do children's ministry, when we do all of those things, we might feel like, is it worth it? We don't know what's going to take root. And the preacher tells us, keep going. Cast your bread out on the water and you'll find it after many days. The final verse here says, In the morning sow your seed, and at evening do not withhold your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that, both alike, or, or whether both alike will be good. I think this goes along with what we started. Diversify. Whether it's in the morning or the evening, at all times, be sowing. You don't know what seed is going to germinate and grow and which ones are not. It's like the parable of the sower that Jesus tells. The sower went out to sow. And some seed plant landed on good soil, and some seed landed on the rocky soil, and some seed landed on the thorny soil, and some landed on the path. I didn't get those in the right order, but you know. And while the path, those, on the, those that were on the path, the birds came and ate them up. And the ones that were on the rocky soil, they, they sprung up for a little while. The sun beat down and they shriveled up. And the ones that were among the thorny soil that, that grew up but that were choked out by the cares of the world. But yet, there were some that landed on that good soil and they produced some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. I think what we see here in this text 
is don't be discouraged because the, the labor field that you labor in may seem like there's no fruit. Don't be discouraged by your small number. I'm sometimes discouraged where I'm at. I'm, I'm not your pastor. I'm, I, I, I pastor another church. But our numbers are just as small as sometimes. And just even, just even today, I've been feeling like, should I just give up? But then I come to a text like this. You don't know what God's going to do. You don't know what those little seeds that you're planting as a parent. You don't know. When, when, when you're teaching your child things about God, things from the Bible, you don't know what things are going to take root. But that shouldn't keep you from doing it. As a parent, teach your children the Bible. And it may not seem like it's doing any good now. But as they grow into an adult, those seeds will germinate and grow and produce godly children, fruit for your labors. As a church, we may wonder, is it worth it? Should we just give up? The preacher here says, don't look at those circumstances that say it, it doesn't seem very likely. The preacher here says, cast your bread upon the water. Make an investment in ministry. And you will find it after many days. The kingdom of God is like that. The kingdom of God starts out small like a little mustard seed. And you might think nothing is significant about that. You might be tempted just to sweep it out. If you, if, you're, if you found a mustard seed on the ground, you might just sweep it out the door and forget about it. But Jesus says that little mustard seed could grow into one of the finest, biggest trees that was able to provide a home for the birds and don't be discouraged. Do not grow weary in doing good, for in due season you will reap if you do not lose heart. I don't want to turn this on its head as we end. What did we look like to Jesus before He came to save us? We were rebels we were sinners. The Bible tells us while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. As God looks at us, we probably look like we're not worth much. We're rebels. We're shaking our fists at God, wanting to do things our own way, but... God did something that no one else would do. In spite of the fact that we have sinned against Him, He did something that seems in the world's eyes reckless. 
And I've got in many discussions on Facebook about that song, Reckless Love, if you've heard about it. Um, and so many people that I've talked to are like, no, that's not a good song because God's not reckless. I mean, He's in control. But it seems, just from our perspective, who in the world would do what He's done in order to save us? He cast His bread on the water. And He will build His church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. He will produce a harvest. He tells us the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He tells us to go out into that harvest. It can be discouraging. We look around, we look at the world, and we think, boy, they're just so hostile to what we believe as Christians. How can we ever make a dent in this world? He changed me. If you're a believer, He changed you. And there is no one beyond His reach. So cast your bread upon the water. And you'll find it after many days.